Hey guys, I'm Jacinta Robinson and welcome to the Fearless Podcast, where I interview athletes who've achieved incredible things. Today's guest represents Australia in motocross. He's traveled all around the world competing. In today's podcast, we talk about what it's like being at a pro level, the training that's involved, the mindset that you have to have, and then also he shares his advice on how to get to a pro level status. I'd like to welcome Dean Ferris. Welcome to the podcast, Dean. Now, I know you are a multi-stage motocross champion um, and you represent Australia, but what is, let's get a little bit more specific because I don't understand exactly what that means. All right, so I'm a motocross rider and yep. I'm a multi-time Australian champion right. and um, I represent Australia in the motocross of nations. So once a year we have one race where every nation picks their three best riders and we go yep. and compete against each other as a nation. And I've done that six times now. Wow. So that was the last race that I did and um, it's probably why it's fresh on your mind. Yeah, that's crazy. And is it hard to get at the top where you're at? Well, yeah, I mean, there's probably a million people in Australia, yeah. you know, that, that ride dirt bikes and I, I've made it to the, the top of that, you yeah. know what I mean? So there's been a lot of uh, blood, sweat and tears to get here. But yeah, um, yeah I mean, kind of like any elite athlete or elite sportsman or someone right at the top, they've got mm. to go through through hard times and, and work it out. It's definitely not easy. Otherwise everyone would be doing it, you know, or be, be a champion, so. Yeah, and have you done this all your life or is this something that just, I've ridden all my life. I mean, yeah. I started before I can remember because I grew up on a big farm. I'm a country bumpkin still, still live like almost in the exact same place. <laughs> really? Yeah. I mean, I've traveled all around the world, but I always just come home. Yeah. And so, yeah, I just started riding around the farm and I had cousins that were racing. So I just kind of followed them. And yeah. before you, you know it, I started winning races and it just kind of compounded from there, really. Yeah. And how do, you, how do you get into it? So like you said, you start a race and then like you obviously won it. And then how do you get to pro? Like it does like. How yeah, well, it's really tough because me and Renee, my partner, we, we talk quite often. There's probably 20 people at, you know, the same age as us that could have made it to, to my level just in Southeast Queensland. Wow. But, you know, so obviously people fall off, off the perch and they get a job or they get an injury or they get, you know, caught up with girls or drugs or alcohol or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, so it's quite tough to make it through. You just have to really persist and, mm. and want to do it and, you know, have a, have a, a bit of luck and, and also start to use your brain a little bit. But pretty much, um, you know, everyone races until they're 16 and that's yeah. when you hit the senior rank, ranks. And that's, you know, when people finish school and get jobs and have to start paying for it and it's quite expensive to do it. Yeah. So, like, for me, my mum supported me in my first year when I started working a yeah. little bit. And I was working and trying to race like at a at a pro at a high level and yeah. in the under 19s class. So it was like the kiddies class of the pros. Yeah. And I remember I was like, holy, this is taxing. I want to have a real good go. Yeah. So I asked my boss for time off, which is no problem because he was a cool boss and <laughs> and his son, you know his son used to race as well and he yeah. he, he rides bikes. So I said uh, I need four months off to focus. Yeah. And that that was the last half of the the nationals championship that year. Yeah. And I said. This is when you were 19? No, this is when I was 16. 16? 16. So I asked oh. for time off. Yeah. I'd saved up enough money to get me through those last four rounds. And my mum was supporting me a little bit as well. I was living at home and I had no expenses. Yeah. And I said, if I make it, I won't be back. Yeah. And if I don't, I'll be back here working in four months. And I've never gone back to work. Wow. I signed a contract at the end of the championship for factory Honda. Yeah. And I've been getting paid ever since. Yeah. 
Wow, okay. So is that like your sponsor? Well, that was the sponsor of the time. We, yeah. we usually do uh, year-round contracts and mm. as in motocross, everyone's swapping and changing and trying this team and that team. And like for me, it was I had the big dream and goal to go overseas. Not everyone does, and I did. Um, so when I finished up here, uh, you know, after a year contract, I went and lived in Europe for four years and raced there and, and chased the world championship because my goal was to be, you know, to see how good I could get. Yeah, and how did you go in the world titles? My best overall finish was sixth. Yeah, I won a Grand Prix, which makes me one of four Australian riders to ever do so. Wow. So... And that's next that's to some really, really big names. Yeah. So that was really cool to do that. Yeah. And apart from that, had some um, some national wins while I was over there because I was racing national championships as well as the Grand, the World Grand Prix. Um, but ultimately, after four years, um, you know, Australia brought me home, and um, yeah. I've been back here ever since. And actually, I always intended to go back, mm. and like this year, I had a bit of a stint in America, but now. I'm just happy to settle down in Australia and finish out my career here and, you know, see how many championships I can win. Yeah. And when you're in Europe, did you learn more about motocross? Because you're from Australia. So did you learn anything different or like do they race differently over there or? It's just a higher level of everything and it's a bigger paddock. Mm. Everything's just bigger and badder there and we're traveling all around the world. Yeah like every country or every continent except, except Africa. They, they, they do that sometimes in Antarctica, obviously. But yeah, do I mean... Do they really go to Antarctica? No, except oh. Antarctica. They, don't, <laughs> okay. they clearly don't go there. But I was like, how does that work? They're racing all over the world. So you, yeah. you learn other things aside from motocross. You learn about yeah. foods and cultures and, and all the cool stuff and languages. But, I mean, just to, as an athlete, you're always learning. Yeah. You're always trying to improve and get better. And, mm. and even coming back from Europe to... Australia and I've been here the last four years and I feel like I've might have learnt more coming back and being here and just being a bit older and wiser and you know with my eyes wide open rather than being young and naive yeah and how long is a career in motocross like how does it like a usually it's typically I mean quite short but again for an elite athlete in a sport it doesn't last forever you know what I mean Mm. and I remember thinking when I was 15 at the time like if you make it to 30 you've done awesome and I'm like 29 and a half now and there's like no chances any end in sight yeah but i think you know just being a little smarter or you know people getting more knowledge on training and and supplements and things like that now um it we're seeing people uh last longer in motocross Mm. which is really cool because i'd be sad as hell if i had to you know give up now but yeah you know uh look i'll be happy i think i've got three to four good years in me mm. which will make me 33 or so yeah and then um after that i have to start looking elsewhere but yeah yeah typically anything over 30 is a really good bonus 35 is like and if you're still at the top of the mm. sport in 35 which there is like at the moment there's a 35 year old racing the world championships and he's like the best wow um he's got all the young young guys nip, nipping on his heels but he's still there and he's still good yeah so it's it's really good inspiration actually yeah and why do you think it is when you're older that it is um like you know not many people are in it do you think that they get over it or yeah i think it's more burnout than anything okay um obviously some people get injured but typically it's more just burnout because mm. motocross is such a grind i mean mm. not just on your body because it's just daylight till dark and to be yeah. fit enough to go the distance in a motocross race it, it consumes your life yeah uh but all the travel and, and things like that it, it really catches up with you but i think mm. like myself coming back to australia where the travel slows down a little bit you can hang at home a little bit more there's, there's a race every two weekends you're not like 
getting on a plane with your passport and flying, you know, over the Atlantic mm. every second weekend. Mm. It can really like prolong your career, and I, I think that's what it's done to me back here, coming coming back home and not and not staying there in Europe. Mm. Yeah, because traveling like you you you're fatigued for one, and you got not, a, not enough sleep, and then you're probably not having the right nutrition. So yeah, that would affect. Um, your performance overall yeah I, I think it's quite tough but some people su- seem to like it you know like the old guy I was talking about yeah he just kind of when you meet him he seems cruisy as like nothing yeah. really worries him I don't know if he flies first class everywhere he probably does it probably yeah. makes a big difference <laughs> yeah he really lacks back and <laughs> he's sweet so when you travel how many places have you been overseas do you know wow um I think I tried to tally this up the other day. Yeah. Well, I mean, the other year probably, but <laughs> I think probably 25 countries yeah. I might have raced in yeah. o- over that four-year span because there's typically 18 Grand Prix. Yeah. And most years we go back to the same place, but yeah. uh, every year there's a couple of new ones on the calendar. Yeah. So I think probably 25 countries I've raced in. Yeah. And what country is like the toughest to race against? Well, um no locals are better than the Grand Prix riders. Okay. So it's not tougher, but it's the elements that really catch you out. Yeah. So, for instance, we went to Mexico in 2012 mm. and we were racing at um, a really high altitude. Mm. And it, as you know, that's taxing on your body. There's not much oxygen. Yeah. And it was like 40 degrees. Oh, my God. So we were like death warmed up after the race. That wasn't, yeah. that, that wasn't much fun. But as for the locals, we were lapping them. So, I mean, yeah. the competition wasn't any different. Yeah, right. Yeah. And how long is a, is a race length always the same when you compete or is it always different? Is there different levels or how does it work? Yeah, in motocross it is. So when mm. you make it to the pro ranks, it's normally always 30 minutes plus lap or plus two laps in the Grand Prix. 30 Greece. minutes. Yep. And we're... <laughs> Yeah, oh, and, 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 and we have and we have two races on the day plus a warm up. What's a warm up? Well, you do warm up practice qualifying. Oh right, okay. So you've minutes. got to get so in. So it's really taxing. Yeah, and then you do two thirty-five minute motos essentially. Oh my god! And we're uh, we're operating at anaerobic the whole time, like yeah. maxing out. Yeah. So at the end of the day, you you're pretty shagged, and that's why, like I said earlier, you got to be so fit to be able to go the distance. Otherwise, yeah. you know. The next guy's going to pass you. So tell us about that. Like, like your forearms would have to be strong, right? Because you're holding on the whole time. So that'd have to be. I don't know how you'd handle it. Like, yeah, they do. <laughs> we typically have strong forearms as yeah. motocrossers, but mm. there's a thing called arm pump in motocross. Yeah. And when you hang on too tight, yeah. they pump, it pumps up with blood and it doesn't pump it out, and you oh. just lose all strength and you can't even hang on. You can't even ride. Pretty yeah. much, you'd almost just fall off the bike. Yeah. So you really need to have a good technique. So mm. you're not actually hanging on too tight, have a strong core and, you know, legs and everything. So mm-hmm. you're gripping the bike and you have a good technique. So you're flowing with the bike as well. Because oh, if you're hanging okay. on for dear life yeah. with a bad technique, yeah. you're only going to make it one lap before you just can't hang on or pull the clutch in or use the brakes. Yeah, that makes sense. So you're saying like the legs would hold on as well as, and then everything's as one Yeah, unit. honestly, every, mus- <laughs> every muscle from the you know the top of your head to your toes you're using yeah. in motocross, it, it's really an underrated sport when it you know at, at a top level but mm. and we're geared up so we've got like six to eight kilos of gear on yeah and it's normally hot and we're racing at an aerobic level yeah so, so do you dehydrate during a race yeah like, yeah we sure do like yeah i estimate probably i would sweat two and a half to three kilos in 35 Holy minutes hell. like i'm a bit of a sweater yeah so. but how do you re 
restock your levels ready for the next race. You, yeah, you got to take a few supplements. Yeah, um, what is that that you take? Well, I typically just take Hydrolyte yeah. because I found it's like the best thing that's low in sugar Yeah. to, you know, stay on top of it. But yeah. I remember one, one day last summer, I thought I would actually just measure for the whole day how much water I'd drink because yeah. you're just scoffing down water all day. And I thought, oh, I wonder how much it is. Anyway, it was eight litres at the end of the day and I was still dehydrated. Get out. Yeah, and that was a day where I, I did... Um, you know, just just riding. Yeah. So a thirty minute warm up, two thirty five minute motors, practicing at home. It, it was hot for sure because our summers are pretty brutal. But yeah, eight liters is how much I had to drink, and that's day in day out. Yeah. When I'm training. And then after like a race, do you have to have something so you don't get the effects of dehydration, or have you, you did, never had? No. Yeah. You, for sure, you do. It, it normally takes you a day to catch up. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? And you just if you ever see me outside in the public you won't catch me without a bottle of water in my hand because of that reason because yeah. it's just so hard to stay on top of it yeah oh and does food affect like you would eat certain food depending on the race is that correct or does that not matter oh, i keep my diet really simple so okay. the same I, I eat the same thing on race day yeah what is I, that well it's it's just cheese on toast and bananas cheese on toast and bananas yeah i keep it really basic yeah because i know that that doesn't play out with me Oh, okay. You know, because sometimes when you got a bit of... I don't actually get nervous, but yeah. there must be like that fight or flight coming, you know what I mean? And yeah. some foods really upset your stomach, but yeah. that doesn't. It works for me, so I That's just go That's your with thing. It. Yeah. And hydrolyte. And hydrolyte. <laughs> and then do you have a feast like after? Oh, yeah. Just <laughs> whatever's going, I'll just eat as much as I can straight after. Yeah, I bet. And before the race, like you said that you didn't get nervous, but do you like... Do you mentally prep how you're going to take each turn. What do you do? Yeah, for sure you do. Um, look, in the morning or the day before you walk the track, you yeah. kind of know how it's going to form up when you you know, you know look at the weather and how they've ripped up the track. Yeah. It, and, you know, being around for a while now, you, you just kind of get to know through experience. Yeah. And then before each moto, you get one sight lap just before. So oh, you do, cool. a, do a lap and you roll around, you look at the lines, and we've got about one minute back on the line before mm. the gates drop and we go to race. Yeah. And in that minute, I'm visualizing the lines that I want to take. Yeah. On the racetrack. So you got to know, you got to have a good memory and you got to remember every line because you're, you're coming over big jumps and you got to land in the right rut. Yeah. So that's what I do. Yeah. yeah. I, I visualize which line I want to take. So I'm just straight on my game. Ready to go. Mm -hmm. And do you have, like, now you've quite experienced, obviously, like, do you have enough faith in yourself to know that you're always going to? Um, land it correctly or have you gotten to like some yeah, positions? Yeah, for sure. And that's just experience. Um, yeah. I'm currently in the middle of building a masterclass and that's one thing I need to cover. Yeah. And I actually have to think back so far into my memory when I didn't know how to jump yeah. and how nervous I used to get. And it was just through trial and error and experience that you learn how to judge a jump Yeah. because it's an art just knowing how far you got to go. Yeah. But no, I don't get nervous anymore. I'm, I'm normally all over it. Yeah, and that would have a lot to do with the bike as well, hey? Like, even, like, I don't actually know. Like, I've rode a motorbike, but I've never done a jump on it. Like, do you have to, like, obviously you accelerate and do you have to stand in certain positions for it? Is that all important? Yeah, it's all it's all technique. Yeah, um, okay. I couldn't tell you which position to actually stand in. It's <laughs> yeah. something that comes so natural. Yeah. And every jump's different. Every jump's got holes or ruts or a different takeoff and a different down ramp and yeah. you've got crosswinds and all sorts of elements happening. Yeah. But just through so much practice, we subconsciously know what to do. Yeah. But yeah, it's uh, it's an art. 
Yeah, that sounds yeah full on. You'd have to know what you, what's going on. Yeah, and you know what? When I said you have to learn through trial and error, that means like big crashes of yeah. jumps when you're a kid. Like, but but thankfully we're only on like eighties that are half the weight, and you're not going. You know, you're only going half the speed, yeah. and we're a little bit more rubbery when we're younger. Yeah. So <laughs> you learn in those younger years when you can yeah. just bounce back up. Yeah. So have you ever been in a like a huge in, like crash and had a g- good injury or yeah i've i've had quite a few injuries through my career um, yeah mainly just my upper wings you know what i mean like oh. i've got a you know a pretty bad looking elbow and yeah. you know most me on mostly on my left arm my, my wrist here uh you are know, they from jumps or are they from turning corners or? no none of them's from jumps actually oh really yeah they're just all from separate incidents actually yeah. no my wrist was from a jump yeah okay and what happens like when you're like in a race? Do does the race stop or? Well, that was that one wasn't a race. It was just practice. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just lost my marbles and did something wrong off a jump. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, um, the other injuries have been they've been in a race, and I mm. think when you're just so caught up in the moment, it's normally my my monkey brain that's taken over, and I, I didn't actually think about the situation that I got got myself into. Yeah, and and you know, in those instances, you know, you're just flying through the air again. Mm. and thinking oh no i've messed up yeah you know what i mean but yeah there's been times i had big crashes and been really lucky as well yeah and thankful that i could just bounce back up on the bike and get keep going for sure yeah it's not every time you get you get hurt but the few times i have is mostly at the race yes yeah and do a lot of people get a lot of injuries at race time or yeah because i've seen some horrific yeah i think it's pretty unheard of to go through a motocross career at my level without getting injuries it's actually completely unheard of oh (laughs) but there's been people get a lot of injuries and they just finish out and there's been mm. like a lot of good riders that are really clever and have a really high race IQ and they can seem to just keep themselves out of trouble. Mm. So uh, it's something you need to, to work on and develop and make sure you're always, you know, on your game when you go to the race. Yeah. And you're like, because you're, what you were saying, you're uh, at a high threshold. Uh, are you trying to slow down your breath in the race? Like trying to calm through as you're racing along or are you just look there's definitely been times in the past when i wasn't quite fit enough where you Mm. have to really talk your way through it and try to calm you know your breath down or keep it you know slow it down a little bit but in the last few years uh i feel like i've been on top of my training i've got a trainer his name's guy andrews he's a mid 90s ironman champion oh cool so i hooked up with him probably six seven years ago now yeah and since coming back from europe four years ago i've been really close with him yeah and we've just evolved with the sport and mm. and with all the knowledge that, com- that comes out and um feel like i've you know been on top of it here in australia mm. and I, the, i've never had a moto here that i've, I've actually struggled I, i've always just pushed to my potential the whole time yeah and what sort of training are you guys doing well typically cycling yeah is where all our aerobic training comes from some mm. running but but mostly cycling mm-hmm. and then is that uh, like a like a hit cycle or is it like endurance cycle like no it's mostly endurance cycle okay yeah because the actual riding is so intense itself that mm. all the cycling that i do is to support the riding because it, the riding's anaerobic yeah right on the bike mm-hmm. so, so is that sort of like strengthening you a little bit is that what you mean yeah like i need that aerobic base mm. and that's where i get that from the bicycle mm. yeah and because every time I'm on the, the motorbike, my heart rate's at, at 180. Yeah. Because it's so intense. So yeah. I just need, you know, 
the cycle to support what you do on the bike. And then I do a lot of core, a lot of strength workouts, mm. a lot of stretching, mobility work and things like that. Is that like weight training and stuff? Yeah, or? yeah. Yeah. Oh. And then, so like on the day, like I'm so interested to know, like when you're in a race and there's someone beside you and you feel like they're going to overtake you, what do you do? Like do you strategically take corners like a certain way to try and beat them or how do oh look it depends on where you are in the race and who it is and Mm. how strong you're feeling like for sure there's times when i was doing grand prix i'd get a good start and you know there's world champions coming through that were better than me yeah and in that time there's no point cutting them off and putting up you know a fight you ride your own race and if they go if they can make it past you they they will Mm. um but if it's towards the end of the race and you're like yeah i can hold them off for two laps yeah yeah then you you close we we say in motocross close the door and you take protective lines yeah but if it's early in the race and someone's come up on you there's probably nothing you can do and sometimes if you if you're clever you can kind of just let them pass without you know you losing too much time and then you can just tag onto them or throw an anchor onto them Mm. and they can pull you through the field or you know they've got better lines you can learn a lot yeah but for instance like when you're going for a championship or you're I've been here in Australia, yeah, that you never want to give them an inch. Yeah. You always take the best line, you ride as hard as you can. And if there's if they're ever trying to pass you, there's there's no way you're going to just let them pass like that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Cuz yeah, like I I couldn't imagine like mentally, like it would be like a like a like a little stuff around for me. Like if someone was overtaking me, I I would be competitive. I'd oh, want to. For sure. It's something that you have to develop. Like yeah. I remember starting as a kid, you just go gun ho. Yeah. And whatever, you know, if you made it the check it flag first, you made it there. There was yeah. no thinking going on. You're just all instinct. <laughs> you know what I mean? But as you get older, you, you start to think about it a little bit more and, and you can be quite strategic if you want to. Yeah. So pretty much what you're saying is consistency is the key and experience. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I mean, I wish I did have this experience when I was 18. I wish I had the experience then that I do now, but yeah. I didn't, you know. And I actually started pretty late. I started racing when I was 10, and that's pretty late in motocross. Well, so, what, what's a normal age? Oh, guys are, you know, starting racing at five years old or what? four years old, yeah. Actual going in a race? Yeah, there's 50 races. Like, they're in their own um, division and age group. And, yeah, kids are racing oh at four years old God. and 50s. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. And do they fall over? Yeah. Yeah, they, <laughs> oh, they're sometimes some, some of the best races to watch because they just just hold it wide open and hope for the best and sometimes they crash, and, but they always get up. Oh, my and, God. And, you know, the parents are running across the racetrack to help them get going because, the, you know, the, the mini bike dads are right into it or soccer mums. And yeah. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, that'd be so cute though. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it might be. It could be me in like two, three years because my little girls are going to be at that age and... I'm pretty sure they're going to race motocross or ride or want to, you know, do some sort of mm. dirt bike riding. Yeah, because they're leading by you. They can see it. Yeah, I, I've told myself I'm not going to be the mini bike dad, but who knows? Maybe I will be. You probably, probably will be. Probably will be. <laughs> and they're so cute that they would look so cute on the bike. Yeah. How heavy is like a like a, a get up that you put on? Yeah, like six to eight kilos. Six to eight kilos. Yeah, so the boots are quite heavy because you need a lot of protection because yeah. uh, it's close to the ground. We wear mm. knee braces, nylons, top and bottom, yeah. body armor, helmet, goggles, gloves. Yeah. And then obviously it stays pretty heavy when you sweat too because it yeah. just soaks into the and gear. 
Yeah, no wonder why you get dehydrated. Yeah. That's crazy. So to go to, like, let's just say that I'm a motocross um, rider now. How would I go about going to a pro level? Like what avenues would I take to get to that? Um, What's your best advice? I'd probably reach out to a mentor mm-hmm. and get some guidance because when you just go to the track, mm. there's going to be 10 to 15 people telling you what to do yeah. and it's all a different strategy. Yeah. So what I did, I reached out to someone that could help me yeah. and I just listened to that person Yeah. because I believed in them and I went that way. Yeah, rather the, than you know just listen to everyone because i don't know everyone just feels like they have to say something yeah um when you're younger anyway it doesn't happen to me now no one even i don't know talks to me or looks at me <laughs> or, i don't know I, I must put off that vibe like maybe they're just like he knows his shit yeah I, yeah i prefer it anyway but i remember being as a kid like everyone yeah. thought they had to help me and I, I was like oh not again you know yeah. what i mean like someone wants to say something so yeah. but yeah i would reach out to a mentor get some guidance for mm. sure um you know because there's a lot that goes into motocross it's a lot about the bike that you need mm. to learn and yeah. a lot about your health and fitness and a lot mm. about the mind probably mm. more than anything you need to learn mm. about some psychology mm. and uh, well i've actually got a, a program now oh okay yeah, yeah. uh to help kids oh lovely for, for that reason because yeah. when i was younger I, uh, you know, I feel like I had to do it, do it the hard way yep. and I had a rocky road yep. and no one at my level now was teaching or offering any, any guidance. guidance. Yeah. So now that I'm there, I'm like, hell, I'm going to help the kids out. So yeah. I built a program just recently and yep. uh, it's taken off. There's a lot of kids in there and they're, they're loving it. So oh, cool. And, and, and how do they get on board with this program? Like, they just go to my website, okay. deanferris.com.au. Yeah. And, and is it all online? Or? It's all online, yeah. Yeah. And I also have a Facebook page where I go live once a month and talk to all the students. So if they got any questions they want to know, they can just fire, fire away. They would it love It could that. be about their relationships with their girlfriend, you know, their little <laughs> girlfriends. It doesn't matter. I'll help them out. How old are these kids we're talking about? Oh, look, I've, I think the youngest might be about nine years old. Yeah, right. Yeah, so my... My age group's like under under twenties is kind of mm-hmm. my target. Mm-hmm. They're the people that are still, you know, uh, that have the potential to keep going. Yeah. And most people after that have worked out what they want to do, or mm. they've fallen off the perch anyway. Yeah, you know okay. I mean? So that's my target market. But in saying that, I, I have a a thirty three year old in my class as well. Yeah. That just started racing. Yeah. And he's loving the program as well because he wants to improve and get better, and he thinks it's great. Yeah, that's fantastic. And so you're their mentor through the program, is that Yeah, that's gone? correct. Yep. Yeah. It's an online mentorship program and I'll give them everything that I'm doing, give them guidance, give them tools. Yeah. And the idea is to teach them and not not have a set program because mm. there's not one way that works with motocross because yeah. everyone's a different body shape and, you know, has, you know, a different lifestyle and things like that. But I'll give them the tools mm. and if they want to make it, they can go and make, you know, they've got it all there. Yeah, fantastic. Oh, we'll have to um, put that in the comments below so they can reach yeah, out to you. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. And I, I want to know, like, mentally. You mentioned mentally. Like you said, um, with the health and the physical. What is it mentally that you need to prepare yourself with motocross? Well, it's just – it's so difficult, you know what I mean? And the risk is so high when you're riding yeah. a bike, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, if you're a golfer and you're not – you don't bring your A game – Mm. to the golf course you, you're going to shank a few balls into the lake and that's yeah you know that's going to be the worst thing that could happen in your day and you still get to go have a beer with your buddies after yeah but motocross like, you know you go on fifth gear wide open yeah. hitting bumps and ruts and stuff and the consequence is so high 
it's like do or die. Sort yeah, of that's it. what I mean. If you don't mm. bring your A game, you're likely going to end up on the dirt. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then how do you – how what have you learned that's helped you mentally with that? Well, there's just so many things. Like, honestly, it's going to be like 70-80% of my program is the psychology mm. of race and motocross. Yeah. Um, but I would say the biggest thing would be just pulling your – I call it the A-team together. Mm. And, yep. and it's your, your influence of people around you. Mm. It, and I found that was really hard to, you know, make work yeah. when I was younger. And it's something that you naturally just build over time. Yeah. And you end up with this big support network and everyone's helping you to that big goal. Yeah. Yeah. But on top of that, you also, like I said, you need to have a, a high race IQ. Mm. And you need to be able to control your thoughts and be very conscious of what you're doing because... Mm. There's no point going out there and riding and, and just daydreaming yeah. like most human beings do. You know what I mean? We're just kind of in our own little world and thinking about this and that and what we're doing tonight and blah, blah, blah. But if you want to really improve every session and make sure that you can, you know, put your best foot forward, you need to be really conscious of what you're doing. Mm, and present. And present. Yeah. And I think, well, for, for any sport, I think that's really important, honestly. Yeah. Um, but in motocross especially because, like I said, the risk is so high. Mm. yeah very interesting well thank you so much for coming on to the um podcast dean i have one more question for you what's next after you retire for you oh look i've got a few things in the pipeline already yeah um just naturally it come about but i'm a brand ambassador for a couple of uh different things within motocross i'll still be within the sport for sure mm-hmm. um but i haven't thought too much more about it other than i'll be in the sport helping kids and you know i'll be teaching what i know yeah i really enjoy that passing on the knowledge yeah and well i think i've done pretty good out of motocross so i'm not going to be going laboring or anything like that for sure yeah. i just want to be <laughs> going to the motocross race and put my girls on the bus to go to school and things like that yeah but and having a good time but it's still years away so i haven't i haven't put too much thought into it to be honest Oh, okay, cool. All right, guys. Well, thank you for coming on to the um, podcast, Dean. And if you're interested in joining in on the school, um, even if you just want to see what it's about, um, you can contact Dean and I'll put all of it in the comments below. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thanks for listening in, guys. If you're on Apple, please leave a five-star written review. If you're on YouTube, give us a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. All right, I'll see you next week with the next inspiring story.